I am, huh? Yeah, I'm sure your Sunday was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Uh, Sunday was uh, another day, right? Another <laughs> day in paradise, as it say. There you go. Well, David, I don't know where to start. Um, or maybe you can decide where you want to start. This is there's a very this is a complex issue. I, the Gazette had the story. I thought it was a well done story, very thorough, very fairly reported. I thought the Register did a really good job. I know that uh, Kennington Smith got in touch with you, and I thought they did a good job, fair and balanced. I, and then, I, of course, I wrote a column in response to the Gazette story. You had my had had my thoughts in there, and I I said that I just think perception wise, this is not a good look for Iowa, and it's a step backwards. I'm just. Just your thoughts on this, and, and specifically, what compelled you to say that? And I think that's what a lot of it. What was your motivation for saying that? Uh, what you what you said about Kirk and the staff? They should all just move on. Well, when I look at everything, I'm trying to be objective because mm-hmm. I'm I'm like you guys. I, I love the Iowa football program, and I love Iowa. I mean, I, I've been called a fan and I just don't get that. It's like I don't get to retire from being a hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kirk will be here what till twenty twenty nine, I guess he's guaranteed through now. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll still be here. Mm-hmm. And when he's gone I'll still be here too. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at the whole thing, I was looking at it as we don't have a lot of things in place already. Right? The procedural justice is not there. The system for checks and balances are not in place. Um and the committee, I didn't even know, was being dissolved. Apparently he made that choice back in uh, November. But when I looked at everything, um, there were a lot of things that came to light that, just knowing Kirk, he's probably going to fall on the sword for uh, his staff and his son. That's what he's going to do. I just didn't think it was right for him to do that. When you say fall on the sword, yeah. I, I get an idea, but can you be a little more specific? And I understand if you can't. Yeah, I'll just leave it like that because he's a leader. Mm-hmm. And he'll sit there like he's done this whole time. He's been the person up front taking all the hits, dealing with all the media, and dealing with everything. And I get that he feels guilty. And he's done his fair part of uh, – he does have some blame in this stuff, right? It's his, still, his, still his show. Mm-hmm. Right? He's accountable for the whole thing. And that you can't – you just can't duck it. But it's not all him. That's just not fair. Not a fair statement. Okay. And from what I see, he's been the one out there taking all the hits. So to protect his legacy, help the program move forward, continue to help those kids, um, so retirement was the best option. I mean, it's just my opinion. Yes, exactly. And you are, you are entitled to your opinion. You didn't speak on behalf of the committee. You spoke on behalf of David no. Porter. Correct. I mean, that's just me. I'm looking at it, and... That's what I've, I said to everyone. That's what I said. And I just, it makes the most sense to me. The, the path we're heading down now is just really one where it is turning really ugly really fast. And, you know, as the lawsuits, uh, which is coming up, mm-hmm. that gets more and more heated. You know, this, like you said, it's a really bad look. You get your contract and... After you, after you get the contract, you decide to dissolve the advisory committee, the one that you that was, mm-hmm. because of all the we'll call it the unrest. Because we had a DEI report, internal DEI report come out, mm-hmm. right? And it turns out we had a truncated version uh, released, 
And then we have a full version of that release later on. That was after all these kids tweeted about their we'll call abuse or mistreatment mm-hmm. while they're in our program. Mm-hmm. Then we have a Hush Blackwell investigation. And it all does the same. It's saying the same thing. And then you create this advisory committee. It just doesn't. And then once you get your contract extension, you dissolve it. That just looks really bad. So, David, I got to ask, did you have a feeling going into that meeting on October 18th? I assume it was a Zoom call. Did you have a feeling it was going to go the way it did or were you optimistic? I didn't think it was going to go badly at all. I mean, the way I looked at it, we it was it was an easy question. I, I'm not sure how much of a how much more of a layup it could have given them. I mean, it was one question that they had one month to answer that they already had the answer to. So, oh, seriously. I, oh no, I it, see what you're saying. It doesn't seem like an arduous that you were asking uh, too much. And part. I know some have said, and Kirk said the same thing. Why not wait until the season was over? What's your answer to that? Well, we had planned that meeting two months ahead of time. Okay. So we planned that meeting for two months, and a month before, so it just, and you get a couple weeks out from the meeting, and then you're going to punt just because it's football season. That that doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. Okay. Um, given a month to prepare for a question you're already answered to, even if you spend five minutes a day doing it, that's like two and a half hours. That's a long time. Well, one of the arguments, or I guess one of the talking points for the people that are upset with you, me, the Gazette, or anybody who acknowledged this thing, is that we didn't voice both sides, didn't talk to other committee members. Well, and I know you, and Jordan Lomax tweeted the same thing. He embedded my column and said, you know, it was, you know, you should have talked to some other members because mo- I think he said either a lot of us or most of us don't agree with David Porter on this. And my response to that was I've never been able to get Jordan Lomax to respond ever. And, David, I was never released, Nate. I mean, I have a pretty good idea of most of the committee members I've gotten, but I was never released that they've never wanted to acknowledge who's on the committee. And I was hoping you could kind of explain that. It's been very secretive. And... I, I, I guess the athletic had a story today, and it was you know kind of a good follow up by Scott Dockerman, and I haven't read it yet, but it, I've been told what it was. It has a quote, a couple quotes from an unnamed member of the committee who voiced um, the other side, which is fine. But one person talking, you know, without Off the name, the record. that's all there is right now. Iowa won't talk. I don't know how you're supposed to present the other side in this when nobody will talk. I mean, tweeting something is a lot different. I, I offered Jordan Lomax to come on the radio. Either with you, before you, after you, never heard back from him. And Iowa tried to get in touch with him, never heard back from him. So I can't present that side and counter whatever you're saying because they won't talk on the record. I don't know what you're supposed to do. And does that surprise you that nobody else on the committee will talk? And you've been secretive. That's just not information. Who's on the committee has been something that everybody seems to have wanted kept under wraps. Or am I wrong about that? Committee members have the right to their privacy. Yes, right? I agree. So yep. they choose not to be out there. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, a lot of them have chosen not to put the names out of there. And I get it. You know, when I, there are two questions I always ask. And the main one is, how did we get here? Like when we first started this thing 18 months ago, 19 months ago, whatever it is now, how did we get to that point? Right? Mm-hmm. Because we have long tenure coaches, and for things to get to where they were, 
where you have to have Chris Doyle dismissed. How do we get there? And then we get to fast forward to now where everything is so much about the program being so much, so great. And this is why, you know, everything should be okay. Well, same thing. Why did anybody say anything before about how to help that? I just don't get it. Everything's so great now. I mean, it was so bad then. Why didn't they say anything? David, do you feel that the uh, committee was making progress? Yeah. A lot of the changes that we suggested, they got implemented. That's why you're seeing the the turnaround that you're seeing. Uh, It's not just us. We, We suggested, right? And then the coaches and the guys that are there every day, they have to do the work. Mm-hmm. But we have some pretty good insight because everybody that's on the committee went through the program. And we all come from, a lot of us come from different eras. And we have different experiences with different perspectives on things. So when you have a bunch of people, a bunch of men getting together and with one common goal, which is to make the program the best that it can be. Because right? we all love the University of Iowa. And we're looking at it, okay, how do we do this? In today's age, a lot of things we did were outmoded. I mean, it was just outdated. So scrap that stuff. Let's move forward. How do we do that? With today's kids in today's climate, how do we do that? And I keep saying kids because people tend to forget. (laughs) These are 17 to 20-year-old kids in that program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of us with kids, we know. They're basically idiots. (laughs) Do you think that... When you made the statement that, you know, basically to flush it and start over, that because of the court case that's pending, uh, the committee became adversarial with the university. Because if they would have followed, you know, your request, I mean, all they, they would have lost that court case, most assuredly. Well, if Kirk retires, you know, really, kind of like when Fry retires, right, there's a turnover in the staff. Oh, sure. All right, that's just how that works for me. So that's when I was looking at it. Okay, Kirk's going to retire. You're going to bring in a new coach from the outside because you need fresh perspective. And be it one of our Hawkeye brothers, too. I mean, heck, we have pretty, we have really good guys out there that can coach and have proven to be winners. That is true. Now, David, what, what, and I'm going to offer a, what do you say to the fan that says, you know, they're just coming off a 10 win season or are you talking, are your feelings completely detached from what's going on in the football field? Yeah, this this doesn't have anything to do with football. Okay. Yeah. If it were just about football, then we just came off a 10 win season. Okay. Even with, the offense. I mean, we had a 10 win season. We mm-hmm. had a, that was a special team. Uh, I kept t- saying that every year. I'm, I do a podcast with uh, with Colin Cole, and we did it uh, almost every week this year for the season. And every week, I said it was a special team. That defense is amazing. Yes, it was. Special God, team. those guys for were, sure. They were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Our special teams. Holy smokes! For the second half of the of the of the season, our special teams and defense actually outscored our offense. 
That's yeah. how good they were. Yeah. I mean, no, it was. Or, they, were, they were amazing. <laughs> Dude. So, holy smokes. So can I ask you, I don't want to get too personal here, but your relationship with Kirk, can you describe it now? Or is it, I mean, how would you, or have you even spoken to him recently? Um, I guess that's my question. I know. <laughs> I I mean, like I said, if you don't want to answer that, I get it. But I'm just, from on the outside, it would look like that maybe things are a little strained. Is that fair? Well, it's like anybody in the family, like in a relationship, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. They're going to be highs and lows. Right? And to me, like, it doesn't change for me. With Kirk, he's like family to me. Okay. Like, I fight with my brother all the time. You know, we'll go times without talking to each other. Yep. Uh, my best friend, I won't talk to him for a while. He'll get mad at me. I'll go back and apologize. We have different perspectives on things. But at the end of the day, we're still family. Okay. Plus, it's going to change that. Do you think uh, Coach yeah. Ferentz would answer that the same way? Um, I would hope so, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I can't speak for anybody else. I got to speak for myself. I don't know what he thinks about this. I, I told him before, I wish he would have called me and talked, talked through the whole dissolution of the, uh, of the committee. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't privy to any of that stuff. You know what? Found out the same time everybody else. You know what's similar, David? Um, I remember when the, the racial stuff all broke in mm-hmm. the summer. James Daniels had tried to speak before any of this stuff. And he, from what if I remember correctly, he just didn't think that he was getting enough response. And then he finally tweeted. Do you remember that, David? He had tried to do things internally, and he didn't. He just didn't think that he was making the impact then and that's when he decided to tweet at least that's how i remember him explaining it when the story story broke that he was saying hey we got to get better at this you know and and he said it just never happened um do you remember it that way yeah well james he went through the entire process actually mm-hmm. he uh he talked to his position coach he talked to kirk then he talked to gary barda yeah. um and i guess nothing was done and so when he got done playing here, he actually, I get, believe he came back and tried to talk to him again. He did. And then after that, he felt like nothing was happening. Then he tweeted. That's when everything just kind of broke loose. Yeah, it did. That opened up the floodgates. Yeah. And your relationship with your former teammates, I mean, I'm just kind of curious, what kind of reaction did you get after the Gazette story broke? No, it's the same. You know, everybody has their opinion. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of these guys and take it for what it's worth, they're very loyal um, to the program. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I got no problem with them being loyal to the program at all. The interesting thing is they think I'm not. So when I get attacked and I get called out, it's how dare you, you're, this doesn't, what you're saying doesn't make sense because of X, Y, and Z. And that's just not the case. You know, when I say that uh, I don't see where the disrespect was in the meeting that we had with the coaches because I didn't see it. I'm looking at it, and I was there. So, okay. Giving someone one month to answer one question that they already have the answer to, to me, that's pretty much a layup. If you come, up, come unprepared for that meeting, especially with people that are volunteering their time and have been volunteering their time for over a year at that time. The word... To me, that I, I found that... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I found that a little rude. Well, the word contentious... I found that a little rude. The word contentious has been used to describe that meeting 
and that's probably based on your description. I mean, what what was the mood during the court? I know it went a lot longer than you guys had scheduled. And what, I mean, I had heard even some people walked out. I mean, was it really as bad as that? It got contentious. You know, the, uh, the question that we asked, uh, that was the only question that I had and anybody in the committee had any intentions of even talking about. We didn't talk about anything else other than what the coaches brought up. Okay. David, for so those who are, for those that don't know, can you tell us again what the question was that you asked the coaches to come prepared about? Oh, it's, um, right. I can find it. Yeah, let me get back. I want to make sure I get it correctly. Do you, do you know what it is off the hand? Pat's looking for it. Um, yeah, let me find because okay. it's in, it's in my column. Um, just, just, um, um, you guys keep and I, I mean I thought it was a, you know a perfectly a logical question for the the purpose of your committee I mean what could be more to yeah. the point I mean it really boils down to like what is your role in creating a more diverse yes, equitable and inclusive right. environment in the football facility and how do you do it and that, that's it. It's a yeah. Question, what is like, yeah? You, what is your role in creating a more diverse, equitable, and exclusive environment? And what have you done to help foster that environment? That was your question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And part of my column was I didn't think that was asking too much, even during the season, because it was a bye week. It was one question. They had a month to prepare for it. I know football coaches are busy. I just didn't think that was asking too much for them. And I said the way they handled it, based on how the meeting was described to me, was a bad look. And I've just been getting to – I mean, I've Mm -hmm. lost over 500 followers on Twitter, and I've just been getting destroyed. Our radio station has been. I mean, what do you say to those fans, David, that are just – outraged over this they accuse you me of burning down the program you in it for a money grab i'm just going through all the different things i've heard yesterday you know and i mean what would you say to those fans well i would that would be um one get your facts right yes because no i didn't i'm not getting paid to do this at all as a matter of fact i I put a lot of money into this already yeah i've been the one um using my zoom to get all the stuff going I've been paying to go to the games myself. I do. I get tickets here and there, but you know, I'm I'm dumping a lot of money into this myself. So that that's just like a money grab is not a real thing. I don't get to retire from being a hog. I'm a hog for life. And diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's um, I don't see where that's anywhere out of the scope of what this committee was put together to do. And I agree. Factors in our mission statement. That's what you're supposed to so, do. <laughs> that's exactly what we're supposed to do. And to me, and they worked on a DEI plan, the coaches did, that summer. So they already had the answer. So for them not to be prepared to give an answer to that question, it, it's almost inexcusable because they've attended classes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds so I'm not sure what they what just supposed to do there. They just didn't want to do it. Yeah, and that 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 was <laughs> it's the as look. simple as that. And I just and I wrote that that's just not a good look. No, I, I, you I, know, I, having gone through school, kinda, <laughs> uh, I could with that question, just off the top of my head, I just came up with five sentences you could say, and that would be it. I mean, you know, it's a it's a real simple question. I agree, and David, it's yes, worth it mentioning is. too. In which you've mentioned, not some coaches did answer the question, right? You, you, I mean, it's, it's not like this yeah. was an entire staff thing. Can you kind of explain that? 
No, some of the coaches did answer it. Uh, for such a softball question, uh, we were just expecting 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for us to get off track because of comments that were made, you know, that, that was just, for me, really disappointing. Was, we didn't want the conversation to go that way at all. Like I said it was our initial meeting with all the coaches. We had been doing this for a year and a half, uh, or for a little over a year, and that's our first meeting with all the coaches. Okay. So yeah. we didn't want to like have a contentious meeting. That wasn't even a goal. We discussed that. Okay, here's, so that's here's, why it was such an easy question. I wanted to ask you this: Why do you think Kirk Ferentz picked handpicked you to begin with? You know, I don't know. I, I thought you trust my opinion. You know, respected me, um, but I don't know. And do you I would have thought that was the case? Okay. And I'm just curious, do I mean, you... optics, it looks good. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I would say for optics-wise, it looks good. You know, yeah. I'm, um, you know, I'm a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, played for University of Iowa. Came back. I was game captain back in, what, 2015? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two-time All-Big Ten. You know, major in biology, minor in chemistry. Kind of check a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. But I think... I'm a good thinker as well, and he and I have a pretty good relationship with each other. We've actually um, shared a lot of good moments together. David, I'm curious. One of the things I wrote in the column, and it got a lot of backlash, my concern with this new committee is that Kirk is picking the people on the committee and that he's basically going to surround himself with yes people who have an agenda. And my other question is, why wouldn't somebody away from the football program and that's my be in charge of picking who's on this committee? Why I don't get why the football program is picking the committee that's supposed to help. I mean, move the football program away from the race. I don't explain that to me. Um, I can't. I guess it's the best answer I have for you. I can't because mm-hmm. uh, I agree. It, it's real. You you basically have a cat watching the canary. That just doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, that you having a third party that comes in that's very objective, that can institute checks and balances, uh, procedural justice that's systemic, um, and one where the kids have a way to voice their grievances without fear of retribution. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So as you start to figure out how can you um, keep moving forward. Um, having people that are that have the ability to be objective is a really big, really big deal. Yep, I agree. Um, and, and having someone in the program is tough. Another thing, Jordan um, Lomax mentioned on Twitter is that the only opinions that matter are the opinions of the players that are in the program now, and that's the only people the media should be talking to. And should. Well, my question for that is then, then why even have an advisory committee of former players then if it only matters what the current players? And Iowa doesn't just parade the current players out there to make them available to talk about this stuff. And, David, you were a player once, and I'm not saying these players are completely phony, but that's putting these players in a rough situation. A lot of them have said there's been good things. Tyrone Tracy played that, you know, he talked about how now ironically he's gone, but not because of rage, because he just wasn't playing. But to me, it's more than just the current players. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, the advisory committee, I mean, why even have it though? If all that matters is what the current players say. Well, 
That's exactly right. I mean, the kids that are there, that's all they know. For a lot of them, that's all they know. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to say? Like for them, they look at the program where, the way it is now, and they say it's the best it's ever been. Well, they weren't saying much before, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's all they know. The kids that are in the program now, they lack the understanding of everything, like it, like the total scope, the tot- the totality of the choices that they're making to actually make an informed choice of things. So with all that they know being Iowa football, they're going to say this is great because that's all they know. They're going to say this is amazing. When I look at it, I see there's a lot more work to be done mm-hmm. because I have a different perspective. I'm, I'm about to be 42 this February. A lot of the committee members, we, we have kids. I have two kids. And I've been through a divorce. Had a business. I've been the same, I've been a vice president of a of a company. Mm-hmm. I have life experience. So we look at things just a little differently as adults than what kids do. Especially kids that are we'll call in the weeds and they can't see the entire forest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, how different would you say the let's say you I mean your primary plane you have 2002 2001 you were recruited by Hayden but you were there for Kirk as a beat how different would you say the the program is culturally from that period to how it's been described from 15 to 17 and what James Daniels on how different is it your experience back then to what has been going on recently I mean can you answer that uh, when I first I started looking at this, and I started hearing the stories, and started talking to the kids. Um, I couldn't believe how different it was. I mean, just the environment was so different. The connection to the uh, the past Hawks was just really not there. But since, because when I was there, I guess it's because I came in with the Fry guys that I knew a lot of them, mm-hmm. and we we all still stay connected. So I had that sense of family and connection with everybody who was there, and a lot of the old guys still came around. Um, but there really wasn't a lot of engagement from the alumni Hawks with the current Hawks. There really wasn't a lot of, we'll call it, exchange happening between the two. Okay. And I, I found that to be a little weird. The the team itself seemed to be okay. There's still some kind of disconnect between all of them. Not so much like where they were. Uh, wasn't more of a family. It wasn't so much of a family atmosphere. Okay. And that's what I was used to, used to being at Iowa. Okay. So when I looked at it, it became okay. That it just seemed a little weird to me. So I just start putting things place in place, and I should say the committee, and I started suggesting things that we had when we were there. And some of the things worked. Some of the things didn't. Okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And let's get the alumni back involved. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. The alumni knows the history. The alumni knows the standard because we're going to be the ones that maintain it throughout the whole, throughout the generations to come. Mm-hmm. So that that's um, that was the biggest deal. Okay, okay, making it more of a family atmosphere again. Okay. But it's funny, though, you know, at least the perception, the fan perception is very much that it is a family atmosphere because you hear that all the time when recruits come in to see uh, what Iowa's all about. That's one of the things that they almost always say, 
universally is that there is a family atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I guess fans can say a lot of things. The kids, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone through it. I've had a family. I'm leading my family. Uh, I'm looking at it, I guess, as a father. And the litmus test for me has always been um, I had a son, especially a black son. What I send them there the way it is. Mm-hmm. And then they start putting things in place to ensure that that, was, that would be the case. Okay, that you know you you came here under Hayden Fry. I mean, and it's I mean it's you were in one of his last recruiting classes, weren't you? Were you his last recruiting class? Uh, I think I was second to last. What do you think? I don't want to put you in, but what do you think he Hayden would be thinking about all this stuff? How do you? I mean, what kind? Oh, yeah. wow. What's that? Oh wow! He's Oh wow! I said, oh wow! Okay, because <laughs> I know yeah, you did. I... What's that? Uh, there's a. You know, it... Someone wants to ask David a question. Say, well, there's been so. There's been. It's been such a long time. Sure. And so many things have have changed since uh, Hayden was there. Uh-huh. Oh, uh huh. Oh, he was uh, at the mantle, right? Well, uh, there is no guarantee we wouldn't be going through something similar. Aiden had a different approach to uh, handling things. Um, he was more of a uh, less um, systematic than Kirk was, mm-hmm. and than Kirk is. Okay. He kind of uh, was more um, go with the flow, how do you feel kind of thing. I could see that. Okay. That's not, yeah, Kirk's not that way. Kirk okay. is more of we have a system and a process, and it fits within that, you know, uh, Hayden had a system and a process, but he went more off a of gut feel. Okay, that makes sense. David, would you like to take a phone call? Yeah. Looks like we got a phone call. If you, do you want? Would you like to take that? Sure. Okay. Not a problem. Okay. Great. Thanks, David. All right. Hi, David. Uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, thank you for all the uh, time that you put in for your work on the committee. Um, but I wanted to ask you a question about clarifying. Um, in the article, it was brought up that there, there was a text message chain comments that came out um, on January 2nd uh, regarding uh, Coach Ferentz, uh that he should retire. And it said that he, he'd be more likely to fall on the sword before he let his son Brian fall on it or other assistant coaches. And I, I was wondering the timing of that message that came out. Obviously, that was the, the day after Iowa's bowl game. What, was that message that you put out, was that in response to Iowa's offensive performance this season, or were there other racial things that have been br- brought up about Brian Ferentz in recent months or all of the above? I'm, I'm just curious about that, that good uh, question. message that came out. No, that's a good, fair question. Yeah, that that was done after the season because I didn't want it to distract during the season. Okay. Uh, it's just it was after the season we were thinking about getting things started again and it had nothing to do with the offensive performance. I'm not looking at football. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm looking at at all. You know, that 
I think that's more of a fan's perspective. Okay. I'm I'm not I'm a fan, but you know, I'm a I'm a Hawkeye brother. So when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it from, you know, as and I put it out there, I said I was a chair of the advisory committee. That's how I was looking at it from the things that I have been looking at um, as a chair on that on that advisory committee. Okay. Okay. Th- thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. And also, I wanted to say, Pat, you know, there's a certain segment of Iowa fans out there that blindly support the program, and they're going to turn on anybody who they perceive yeah, is sure. criticizing the program. So I you got to just dismiss those people. If you You're lost right. them as, as uh, followers on Twitter, oh, well, so be it. Thank you. I appreciate that, and that's a good perspective. And there are times when I should probably turn the other cheek and not say stuff. And, you know, hey, we've all got well, – we've- We've all got our weaknesses. Also, on YouTube, uh, we are not deleting comments. Uh, YouTube, our page is set up on YouTube to automatically delete comments with swear words or uh, name-calling. So uh, it it's is nothing auto- personal. Yeah, it's automatic. I haven't deleted anything uh, personally. It, so, David, I mean, automatic. moving forward, what can you do now since you're not with the committee? What can you do? to try to help? I mean, is there anything you can do or are you going to kind of sit back and watch or how can you still stay on the pulse of this thing and try to impact change in the program that you still love? Well, if they want me to be involved, I guess they can ask. You know, I can always, I guess, as Kirk put in his, his email to us, we can always call with suggestions. But that's what we've been doing the whole time, just suggesting things. Mm-hmm. You know, I still, the kids have my number. Uh, they still, they can text me and call me like they have been. Um, and if they have any questions or anything, uh, or about anything, they can always feel free to reach out. Okay. I'm, I'm here to help. I mean, we're, we're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I mean, at least according to my doctor, my health is pretty decent. Okay. So I don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. And I, like I said, I'm a Hawkeye for life. I don't get to retire from anything. Okay. I don't get to walk away. Um, so I, the way the program is or whatever it is, you know, I, I'm I'm in it with everybody else. I'm here. I have no choice. Okay. Well said. And I got one last question. Are, and maybe I've asked this. I can't remember. Are you surprised that nobody with a different view than you, that nobody else in the committee other than one person, Lomax, on Twitter and apparently one person off the record on Document Story, are you surprised that nobody else has gone public to dispute what you've said? Or even support what you said. Or even support what you said or anything. I mean, you know, you're the only one that's pretty much put your name out there. And uh, does that surprise you at all? No. I mean, really from the beginning, I've been the one that's come out. Um try to say anything to me to help the program from the committee. Um, and again, these other guys, um, they're, they're very important people. So I get it. Mm-hmm. And me coming out to say anything and it's not any slight on them. It's just that they are really, they're really big, big to do, man. They really are. So I, I get their need for privacy and not wanting to have a name associated with them. Okay. No, and I understand. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, and just to our yeah, listeners, sure. that's why the other side is not getting anything to say because they won't say anything. Iowa, I understand, doesn't want to comment. My guess is you may see some follow-up stories from other media members who take a different angle. 
And because this person that Scott had in his story talking off the record, who knows if that person would have said something a week ago or before David's comments came out. I think, yeah, so, so yeah, well, David, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. Tom, do you want to give another question? I, I just wanted to, to, to say, first off, thank you for, for being a Hawkeye, and thank you for loving the program, and, and thank you for volunteering for, for this committee, which I feel is, is very important, especially in this day and age when communication appears to be uh, substandard most of the time. But you, you step forward, and, and you, uh, you took one for the team, as it were, and, and it is appreciated. Yeah, that's well said, Tom. And that is kind of – did you know when you sent those messages, David, that things were going to change drastically? I mean, because you kind of did – Put you because you knew that that Kirk. I mean, it was unrealistic to think that Kirk was going to get fired. Well, but yeah. You, but did you kind of have a feeling you were taking one for the team and you were willing to do that? Sort of like what James Daniels did. Did that ever occur to you? Uh, it did occur. I, I can't say that it didn't. It was one of those things where uh, I didn't know Kirk had chosen to dissolve the committee back in November. Didn't know that at all. Wow. Um, the putting that out there was really what I thought was the best interest of the program. Okay. Uh, had no clue he was going to get a contract extension until 2029. That that was a big interesting thing. But that everything else he kind of did on his own, dissolving the committee after he got his contract extension, just doesn't look good. David, do you, do you feel that the coach, Coach Ferentz, felt like you're stepping on his toes? Well, since he made the, I mean, it can't be the comment that I wrote in January 2nd, right? It mm. just can't be. It has to be maybe from the meeting. Well, we made the choice back in November. But you knew, though, that when you said that he should retire, that he was not going to like that. I mean, you I, you obviously knew that, and you weren't – that was fine. You were willing to take whatever f- fallout came from him. But you had yeah. to realize that that wasn't going to make him happy. Oh, our meetings with uh, with Kirk are not uh, – we'll call it happy-go-lucky. Okay. We have tough conversations with him. And it's – to be contentious, I mean, that's just – Telling the truth sometimes it hurts. Oh no, mm-hmm. you're right. It really mm-hmm. does. No, you're right about that. And addressing blind spots sometimes it, it you do it with a feather touch. Sometimes you do have to hit it with a hammer. And it's tough for people sometimes to look because now you're you're shattering their reality because they've had one perception for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's not what it is. Look at it this way, and it becomes oh no. And they try to fight it. And I get it. I do. I, I'm the same way. Sure. I think we all are. Mm-hmm. Humans. We all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. Right? So acknowledging those, sometimes it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Especially when it flies in the face of everything that you've ever believed. Okay. Well said. But we Dave. have had meetings with them. And say, okay. even the meetings we had with the coaches on the 18th. To me, that was a very similar meeting than what we, than what we, as what we've had with Kirk. Okay. Uh, but we didn't intend to have that with the coaches at one in that meeting. That was the intention. I wrote that to Kirk in the email. Okay. Okay. They just weren't ready, and they took it someplace we weren't. We didn't want to go with them. Okay. But 
No, that... I think they forgot they're dealing with adults. We're not kids. Okay. All well right. said. David, again, anytime you want to come on and talk, and like I said, if I don't know if you're still keeping in touch with anybody on the committee, but if anyone else wants to come on or call me, you've got my contact information. I am more than willing to put their views. I'm not comfortable putting people with not their name attached to no, it. No, ca- or call the station. Or call the we'll station. We're more than to willing to. And I know you've, you, you don't have a problem with voicing the other side or whatever. And, but I'm really not comfortable with having somebody comment off the record without their name and you guys would never interview somebody if you don't know who's no, talking to oh, the other no, end, would you? not at all never. so no they'd have to have a name attached to it yeah. but if anybody wants i am not trying to just i've been accused of just pushing your agenda and you and i are trying to destroy iowa football and all this stuff and you know i just i'm not going to tell you how you should perceive things i mean like you know who am i a 58 year old white guy from iowa how am i going to tell you how you should perceive racism seriously can you answer that um <laughs> that's that's just so that's laughable, isn't there? Right? <laughs> I'm a t- let me show tell you how you should perceive your you know being oppressed. What? Okay, this is, this is going to be interesting. I've been a black man my entire life, so please tell me how I should feel. Yeah, I this just going to be great. That's the one, that, and that I know when I sense. when I say that it pisses off a certain faction, but that's the problem I have. I'm in no position to tell David Porter or any other former black player how they should perceive what's going on here. I don't have their experiences. So, but listen, this was a great conversation. I think this is how we're going to move forward, having conversation. And I hope Kirk gets a committee going that's going to be productive. I want Iowa well, football. I, to move. We all want the we same We want to move thing. beyond this. We want to get this culture going. But you don't change a culture in 18 months. And I want to move beyond. I don't like writing about this look, stuff. Look, and I want to say, too, I w- personally was very glad to see the coach get his contract extended. I think he's doing uh, – you know, I, I support the program. I support Iowa. I've been an Iowa fan for 60 years. and But that doesn't mean it's perfect. And so when the, the committee was announced, I said, well, this sounds like a great idea. A positive step forward. And I think, it, I think it, the idea is right, but it has to be implemented. Yes. No, well said. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, having something that's um, really systemic so it continues to go on. Yes. I mean, we've all said yeah. that work is never done, right? Yeah. Yes. And Hayden had a way of saying it was the hay's never in the barn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With this, things are always changing. And you have to go back and re-look at it because there are going to be new perspectives as we gain more knowledge about things. Mm-hmm. So you need someone that's third-party objective, hands arms left, away that can go back and say okay let's look at this let's do that and right now we don't have that in place okay and for our program to get better and continue to move forward uh for me i just think that's what we need okay and you are entitled to your opinion i respect your opinion 